0: This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen.
1: I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. I have my guest, I'm continuing from last week, Robert Anthony of JesusNotReligion.org. And we talked about the need for a great awakening last week. I asked him to be on my program again. If you missed last week's program, please go to my website, www. Worldministries.org. www.worldministries.org Click on television and radio. Click on radio. The button says listen, and you can find the program and listen to it. It was a great program. You need that background information. Once again, www.worldministries.org you can also see my different channels were on, stations. You can find that also on that website under television and radio. See in your area where you could watch or listen to us. You can always do it on my website, no matter where you're at and anywhere around the world. Go to my website and we have our television programs and radio programs on it, regardless if there's a station in your area. So, uh, Robert, welcome back. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. It's important what you're doing. God has revealed to you, and I hope he reveals it to everybody, the need to understand the importance that we are supposed to be disciples of the nations. We're supposed to be salt. We're supposed to be light. The word goes in the occupy, take dominion. In other words, Christians are supposed to be heavily involved in, in the leadership of a nation, the moral fabric. If you take the moral fabric or God himself through His church, his bride, that he lives through us. If you take that out, there's no nation on earth that survives. It's run by evil men, dictated by the selfishness of their hearts, by Lucifer himself and evil forces. And all over the world, the people Mm -hmm. are being dominated. They're being persecuted. They're being abused. And Mm -hmm. Christians are being persecuted and killed. That is coming to America if we don't turn this thing around. Robert? Amen.
2: Yeah, I mean, what we commonly talk about is jesus bringing salvation to the earth it's a common thing in the church world but matthew 24 around verse 14 it says and then this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the nations and then the end will come so what is a kingdom if a kingdom isn't a governmental entity so jesus is bringing his kingdom he already did bring it technically he already brought his kingdom the kingdom of god has been established on the earth in jesus name and a kingdom functions differently than religion or the concept of religion there's a lot of mystery kind of tied up in this concept of the gospel of the kingdom and that's something we could debate has the gospel of the kingdom truly been proclaimed to all the nations that's a reasonable question well it's very reasonable
1: and the answer is no. It has not been properly communicated. The scriptures means a whole lot more than just mental assent. It means an active relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we live our life as Jesus would live it if he was walking the earth. That's why we're supposed to go tarry and wait for his dunamis-released energy, his power, before we even try to communicate this gospel, because we'll fail, we'll be intimidated, we'll compromise. But even more than that, we won't be moving in signs and wonders, healing the sick, casting out demons. These are things the church is supposed to do, and I'll tell you very frankly, the percentages in America are very small. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're losing America because of the church.
2: I agree with every single word that came out of your mouth wholeheartedly. And it's amazing how God has connected us after so many years. I mean, you've been doing this for what, 50 years?
1: huh? (laughs) Since 1985, yes.
2: Wow. Yeah, well, I've been doing it for 12 or so. And I live near you. It's just amazing, the timing, because it's been hidden from me what the Lord's been doing with me a lot of times. When I went to the nations and God had me preach around the world, and I was preaching this certain message a lot, and I would go and I would intend to preach something different, but the Lord would pull me back to this certain message out of Jeremiah. And it's just amazing how, when we really lay down our life, the Bible says he who loves his life will lose it. And then it also warns that the one that withholds of his life or holds on to his life will lose that which he doesn't even have. So, It's actually our honor and our blessing to lose our life. But I think a lot of what's gone on with this pseudo-American dream or this modern-day American dream is actually, it's all about ourselves. It's actually about holding on to our life. And so we load up our 401k, we buy a bunch of property, we get really good health insurance. Next thing you know, we just don't need the Lord. If we get sick, we go to the doctor. If we need money, it's stored up all over the place we create a life that's actually in fact built on the sand you know but uh we think it's solid we think it's solid right up until cancer comes and the medical establishment can't do anything about it or god forbid a hurricane comes and all of a sudden our insurance company won't pay the bills you see what i mean so the only way to build this house the governmental house the america our own personal house the church house The only way to build this house is on the rock and that happens through the first step is losing your life that's the very first step in my 20s the lord really nailed that point home to me he said robert you have to not plan it all out you have to let me lead and if you don't have the holy spirit just to agree with you if you don't have the dunamis power of the holy spirit if you don't have the indwelling holy spirit who speaks to you and that you can learn from and he'll lead you in all truth if you don't have the holy ghost you're running on like one cylinder when you have eight, you know? You're totally right. And I think if I would, because you don't know me that well, but I think probably one of the greatest grieving factors of my entire ministry has been watching the Holy Ghost kicked out of the church world in general. Obviously, okay, not everyone's doing it, but, What's the number? I mean, what's the percentage of churches that were founded during revivals and founded during these great Holy Spirit movements that now want nothing to do with him? Or they hide him. They hide him away. You know, I don't want to necessarily call out anybody or badmouth anybody, but there's just so many of them. There's just so many of these denominations that started during the Jesus movement or way back at Azusa Street, and they were all birthed out of these movements. And then now they're wealthy and big and powerful, and they just don't need them anymore, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what this thing is, but on on a positive note, what's up? You know, there was
1: nothing wrong with what you said. People need to understand what is going wrong in America, even though it's a sad thing. But if we don't understand it, to know the truth, it'll set us free. If we don't understand what the problem is, we cannot fix the problem. You know, a doctor has to find out what the problem is if he wants to try to treat the problem in a patient. Well, the problem in the church is the church has got away from its roots, as you mentioned. Let's just use the Assemblies of God, the Assemblies of God. My background is Assembly of God. I still speak in many other churches, but they got to get back to their roots, to Pentecost. They act like a mainline church. That's a shame to the gospel. Uh, Mainline churches are dying all over the world. In Mm -hmm. Japan, the mainline churches are closing down. And well, we started a church over there, but it's not closing down. It's what they call a mega church. The mainline churches over there are literally closing down. I remember well, when I went there, Anthony, and was with one of the top evangelical leaders of the world. And he says, you can't do this in Japan. You can't do that in Japan. You can't do this in Japan. And basically, you know, because you'll offend them. Uh, they're Shinto and they're a uh, Buddhist. And you'll offend them if you speak the truth. You know, I was nice with him, we talked, but I went out and we did everything totally opposite of what he said. Mm-hmm. We we challenged their gods, Shintoism, and we challenged them, we cast out demons, they accepted mm-hmm. Christ, we healed the sick, and well. the church we planted planted is, is very powerful, you know, much bigger than theirs that are dying on the vine. Again, the gospel has not changed, but people have tried to change the gospel, and when you do that... You're dealing with a a church that needs revival, a great awakening. And that's the situation. We need a great awakening. Like you said, so many of our churches seem to be ashamed of the Holy Spirit because sometimes when people are touched with the Holy Spirit, they don't act maybe dignified. (laughs) Uh, And so they want to be dignified and respected. But we got to get back. Jesus didn't come to get respectability. He came to set the captives free. And that's what we need to focus on. I I see revival everywhere I go. Demons Mm -hmm. coming out of people, things like this, exciting Mm -hmm. meetings. But Mm -hmm. uh, this is what the church really needs. This is what people really want, but they're not getting it. They don't even know where to go to church anymore.
2: Mm Amen. I think another issue, what you're talking about is very real. Just another issue on the same note is who's in charge? You know, is the pastor in charge? So you get into the Bible's doctrine, you get into what the Word of God says, where in the Word of God does it really lay out that the pastor's in charge, you know, as a doctrine? Okay, you could add up some scriptures, and you could kind of come up with some stuff, but then you have modern-day church doctrine, which makes the pastor the ruling authority of the church. Well, that's not exactly true. Actually, what the Bible teaches is the Holy Ghost should be in charge, is what the Bible teaches. I could show you five, six, seven scriptures for every one scripture someone could come up with to create the pastor as the authority. Well, God definitely puts authorities in position, but we could dialogue about it and debate it. But I think if I was, I pastored a church out of my house and I committed to the people. I said, listen, I think what my role is, is to be a facilitator of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to do my very best to follow his leading. And that was really my focus. My focus wasn't dominating the people. You know, it was hard. It it was hard at times because there was differences of opinion of what the Lord was doing. But that would happen once in a while. The majority of the time, what would happen was we were together seeking the Holy Ghost. We were together seeking what God wanted to do in our meeting. And God would do tremendous things. What Acts talks about is when they all came into agreement. Remember, you probably preach this scripture a hundred times. When they all came into agreement in the upper room, the Holy Ghost showed up. I think what we're dealing with is will of men versus will of God, I think is a lot of what we're dealing with. Whose will is it? Who's running the church? Who's running the churches? Is it, in fact, God's will or not? I'm not going to try and, you know, make myself to be holier than thou. I've definitely fallen short. We've all fallen short. But if we start a church and we start a meeting and we start a gathering where we say, hey, listen. We are, we are going to really try and focus on finding God's will in all this. I've been, to, I've been to church services before where I've had words from the Lord and the pastors have let me speak, and, and maybe they don't even realize that I've preached all over the world, you know? But um, that's, the, that's the overwhelming minority. That's, that's a small, small group of churches, but hopefully with all these shakings— we're waking up as a church. Hopefully with all the shaking going on, people are realizing, oh my gosh, we we need some other power. We need something more than man, you know, the po- we need more than the power of man here. And so I, I think you have a I think you have a groundswell coming from the people. I would say in politics and in the church world, we have a groundswell coming from the people because the people are fed up with politics as usual and they're also fed up with church as usual i think the people are like hey this is not working i'm actually very hopeful with what's going on right now in america it's uh it's a very intense time i've been involved with politics as you know the last uh year and a half or so i was at mike lindell's cyber symposium and i was working on a bill i was drafting a bill with a state rep here in michigan and uh we were you know going to audit the election. And I I've been very, very involved with this stuff, but throughout this process, even before this process, God just keeps showing me over and over, over again, that we have a very limited understanding of, of how big his plan is. Our plans tend to be pretty small. You know, the scripture says as high as the heavens are above the earth, so higher my ways above your ways. And so I, I think what we're doing is we're looking at revival. We're looking at salvation and we're looking at this picture and, and like we always do we're just looking at it really small God wants to win nations you know that scripture really well um, how does it start um, ask me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance is that the, is that how it goes
1: yeah that that that's that's close enough and uh, what you're saying is is so true we need to have a, a burden for the nations uh, the nations are people we need to have a burden for people and uh you mentioned a lot of things and including uh the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is is government and uh, there's government in the church there's government uh in yeah. in in the natural world and politics but we need to bring God's government into the nations and, yeah. and uh, the the politic you know politician needs to understand God's government and if you yeah. build it on the morality and and the values of God's government that nation prospers but the, mm-hmm. the church is out of alignment uh it's not operating in god's government uh yeah. apostle prophet evangelist teacher pastor uh most pastors act like the pope well there's there's the apostolic the prophetic right. the evangelistic the teaching teachers and it all churches our mega churches had all five in them and that's right. where they exploded because there was proper government structure, understanding the, the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead the church. Right. Again, you can't just have everyone do what they want because you right. have chaos. And, and the Bible is right. filled where the apostles ha- had to correct people in chaos and abusing the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. You have to have yeah. the apostolic, the prophetic, yeah. the evangelistic teachers, pastors. But the pastor is not the pope he's supposed to be working within the government of God and these giftings yep. of God given by Jesus himself and yep. then we release the power of the holy spirit and that's yep. what true apostolic churches do they release the power of the holy spirit and yep. uh, I mean I'm telling you uh, Anthony you would love moving with me and seeing God's power released <laughs> released I, mean, I would I, no I would
2: love that yeah. I, I I mean, I, I there, a
1: pastor I had when I was a, a young man, he used to make the comment, you know, uh, quote, this would grease your wagon. Well, unquote, well, <laughs> this would grease your wagon, Anthony, if, if we moved in some meetings. And uh, because I, 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 I hear your heart and you're exactly right. We've got to release the power of God. We've got to let God be God. I did a, mm-hmm. a message not long ago on the head and, and the body. And so we, as the body, need to carry on the the will and direction from the head. And mm-hmm. uh, he has given us that responsibility to make disciples of all nations, to go mm-hmm. rule and reign, to, dis, to be ambassadors. And you can pray all you want. Jesus is not coming out of heaven to save any nation. The bride is, the body is, or it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Anthony?
2: Wow, that's, that's big. Yeah, I see that in the scripture too. Yeah, we're coming out of heaven.
1: Yeah, Jesus isn't coming out of heaven to do your job. This is the body's job and he's given us that responsibility to be his ambassador. But he said, before you try it, go, Terry, make sure you're filled with my power and let me lead you and I'll do miracles through you. We will continue where I left off through you. But he's not coming out of heaven to do the bride's job.
2: Yeah, and and I, I think God has this massive plan right now to bring revival. And so... As bad as it is in in the church especially i think i think in some ways it's 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 still it's almost worse but as bad as it is, God god has so much mercy you know he has so much mercy and he loves us so much and his promises aren't dependent on us and so if he says he's going to bring revival he's not necessarily bringing revival because we did what was right or we did what was wrong it, he, he's just like with abraham he said, "I'm. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to multiply your seed, as the stars in the sky." Now he did. There was there were um, not really strings attached, but he did put some responsibility on Abraham. We have a responsibility to play, and we will we will be held held accountable for that. There is a judgment. Now um, it's different for the believers the way the judgment works, but come that day, we're going to want to stand in front of him unashamed. We're going to want to stand in front of him. Without any shame, and we're going to want to look him in the eyes and and weep and just say, "Lord, I, I did everything I could, everything, you know." That's what we're going to want to say on that day when we finally stand before him. We're going to want to grab him and hug him and fall at his feet and whatever 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 we want to do. But when we're there, we're going to w- not want to be ashamed. And so I feel like a lot of my ministry is just trying to encourage the body of Christ so that we're not ashamed Amen. because we don't have. We don't believe in uh reincarnation. We don't believe in eight, ten lives. This this is it. This is our offering to the Lord. When when 2022 is done, we do not get 2022 back. So whatever we offer to the Lord in 2022, it, that's it. That that year is gone. And so Amen. uh I'm trying I feel like a lot of my ministry is to provoke, inspire, you know, sometimes it's provoke, sometimes uh, you know, people get offended. I try not to offend, but sometimes it happens. But I'm trying to provoke and encourage and push the body up and say, You guys, now is the time. You know, today is the day of salvation. And so when I see what God is doing in the government, this isn't something the church should be fighting against. You know, I see a lot of churches, they don't, they, 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 you know, we've had meetings and stuff over the past year and a half, and some of the churches didn't want us in there or they don't want to be involved. And they'll use lines like, Well, we don't want to be political. And they'll use these kind of lines. And I'm like, Sir, I'm sorry. But as a leader of a church in a republic that votes, you are political. <laughs> if you choose not to talk about some of these important things and you avoid these subjects, that is your political stance. That, that, that You're a leader with a voice. Amen. And, and people are following you. Ladies so, and gentlemen,
1: you're listening to the Warning Radio program. You just heard Robert Anthony. He's got a lot to say. I'm going to have him back next week. Because we have a voice and we need to use that voice. Uh, let me tell you something. There comes a point of no return. Yes, revival is coming. But is it going to come through the ashes like it's come out through history? I wrote a book called The Science of Judgment. Jeremiah 30, 12 through 15. For thus saith the Lord, thy bruise is incurable. Thy wound is grievous. There is none to plead your cause. Thou mayest be bound up. Thou hast no healing medicines. All your lovers have forsaken thee. They seek thee not, for I have wounded thee with the wound of an enemy, with the chastisement of a cruel one, for the multitude of thine iniquity, because thy sins were increased. Why prayest thou for thine affliction? Your sorrow is incurable, for the multitude of your iniquity, because your sins were increased. I have done these things unto thee. Again, I wrote a book called The Science of Judgment, where there's a point of no return. We are approaching that point. We've got to have another great awakening if we don't. Revival is going to come, but it's going to come through ashes. It's going to become through a lot of people dying. You've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. Now listen to
3: this on the Science of Judgment. God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures.